0: today's episode of locked on eagles is brought to you by RockAuto.com. amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need
1: you are locked on eagles your daily philadelphia eagles podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: What's up, Eagles fans? Welcome into this Tuesday edition of Locked on Eagles. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Five days. And not even, because I'm recording the show at 11.06 uh, at night. So by the time you're hearing this, it's probably Wednesday morning on your way to work. You have four days to get through. And then the Philadelphia Eagles start their 2020 season on Sunday in Washington against Washington FT. Kickoff at 1 p.m. Make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Eagles podcast. We're getting you ready for the game all throughout the week, four to six episodes a week downloaded into your phone on any podcast platform or on lockdowneagles.com. Yesterday, me and Gino got into the news that Jason Peters is moving back to left tackle. Cornerback Crave on the Blanc resigned. And then we got into some stat questions. Will there be, for the first time, Time since 2014, a 1,000-yard running back with this Eagles offense and a wide receiver. That has not happened since Jeremy Macklin and LaShawn McCoy. Of the other receivers, not named Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager, you know, between J.J. Arthega whiteside Greg Ward, John Hightower, Alshon Jeffrey, who finishes with the third most receiving yards at the wide receiver position. We got into all that and more on yesterday's show. Again, getting you ready now. We actually have a game to talk about, and I cannot wait for the rest of the shows this week. We'll get into matchups uh, tomorrow because crossovers are now on Thursday. So on Thursday, we'll sit down with Lockdown Washington host Chris Russell, and we'll get a behind-the-enemy-lines look at this preview uh, of the game on Thursday, because crossovers are now on Thursday, Wednesdays now are going to be Wentz Wednesdays. So each week, uh, each Wednesday throughout the season, it's going to be a Carson Wentz-centric podcast. So that's what's coming up tomorrow. Thursday we have crossover Thursday, and then on Friday we'll get into the biggest storylines and matchups of the game between the Eagles and Washington on Sunday, coming up in today's edition of the show. I thought we'd have some fun on this Tuesday uh, night podcast, and I was talking with a friend the other day because we're you know we're just so excited to get football back. It's been such a hard, trying time for all of us, not just across the country but across the world. Everybody's impact uh, impacted by this COVID nineteen virus, and we have so many listeners in uh, Europe and. You know, Australia, we have listeners, and New Zealand, and even Africa, and uh, South America, I've seen we have listeners. We really, the Lockdown Eagles family really stretches across this entire big blue marble, and so we've all had just such a rough six months that, man, to have the Eagles actually playing in 2020 with or without fans is just such an awesome perfect distraction and something that unifies us in a time of such division and so we were just talking about you know things like we just can't wait to get back to football just starting Thursday uh, with the Chiefs Texans game we just can't wait for it to get back and we kind of talked about we got into when we were kids because I I grew up with this kid um, you know since I was born and we had our traditions right on Sundays for game days and we kind of just got into that, and so I wanted to talk about that on the podcast. And I'd love for you guys to hit me up. What were some of your maybe weird game day traditions? Or maybe not weird, but traditions that you still carry to this day uh, that you started as a kid on NFL Sundays. Um, hit us up on Twitter, at LockedOnBirds, at Dibiase, i I'd love to hear from you guys after I share mine. Um, I was a weird kid, so I remember just looking back, And you know, I'm a younger Eagles fan, I'm 23 years old, so this wasn't that long ago. I was born in 1997, so it's not like, oh, 30 years ago, you know, I did this or that, but I just remember growing up as an Eagles fan, I had these weird traditions, I was kind of superstitious, so I remember when they would wear white, I'd have to wear a green jersey. If they wore green, I would have to wear a white jersey, and then for some reason when they wore black... I was wearing black because when they were wearing black, that meant business. Like they were going to win that football game, right? And that was a badass jersey. And so I'd rock my number 10 uh, black Deshaun Jackson jersey. And then, like during the games, I would stand up on defense to watch. And then I would sit down on offense and I'd have to be really close to the TV. I would never sit on the couch because I was always so uneasy. I was such an anxious kid watching the games and nervously watching. And I honestly still am, you know, as much as I do this for a living, I'm an analyst, like I'm paid to talk about the Eagles now. When the game, when the games are on, I'm still, yeah, I'm analyzing. I'm getting ready to, you know, discuss what happened in the game on the podcast and thinking through it as a, um, an analyst, but at the same time, I can't turn off that fan, so the emotion is still there, um, and that's what's fun about it, man. I cannot wait to get that going on Sunday, and I just yeah, I had some weird superstitious tendencies as a kid, and I remember too, um, growing up we had one nice like HD TV upstairs, and uh, I gr- I grew up in Buffalo, New York, where I still work uh, for the Buffalo Bills. And uh, my dad was a Bills fan, so he always got the big TV. Him and my brother would watch the Bills game, so I kind of got exiled to the, uh, the kids' room to watch the Eagles. But I started watching it in the basement on this like old, you know, those giant box TVs. And um, I liked it, though, because I was in the basement. I was by myself. I could have my weird meltdowns if the Eagles lost. I could jump around like an idiot if they scored a touchdown. You know, Vic hit Deshaun Jackson on a 40, 50-yard bomb. And so eventually my dad wanted to start watching the games with me, But I felt like, and I don't know, maybe it was just me being this nut job, but I felt like every time he'd walk in the room, the Eagles would blow it. Something would happen. They'd throw in an interception. They'd give up a big play. And I'd yell at my dad every time, and I would just, I would never leave the basement. I would have, he'd be like, let's watch it on this giant HD TV. And I'd be like, nope, I got to be in my own domain. I got to be in this old, you know, non finished basement watching the game and, you know, wearing white when they wear green and standing up on defense and sitting down on offense. But that's what I love about football and I love about sports is those kind of traditions and how, you know, fond of those memories are. And they're such a good pick-me-up, you know, through rough times uh, like right now. And, you know, I just think, you know, and I miss that, those times. Uh, at halftime, it would be this this perfect fall weather. And that's why I'm in such a good mood right now because not just football is starting up, but up in the Northeast when that weather gets to a crisp, like 63 degrees, cloudy, a nice wind, not too cold, not too warm, that perfect Goldilocks wind you can wear a hoodie and shorts. The, the leaves are changing color. That is my favorite. I mean, fall is to me the best season. I just hate that it's so short. And I remember times me and my brother, we'd go outside and we'd play this game called Inside the 20, uh, where he'd go on the other end of the street. Across the street, he'd go on our neighbor's driveway. And I would have to punt the ball. And he would be like the, the gunner, right, that would run down and try to pin the ball in between the, the corner of the street, you know, where the, the street meets the driveway, in between that little, like, three-inch white uh, side part of the road, whatever that's called, I had to pin the football in between there or try to get as close as we could And before it, you know, it would be a touchback and it would hit their driveway. So there's it, just traditions like that is what, you know, I, I loved growing up uh, as a football fan, and you see kids, they're having their own like that right now. And even though I'm a young guy, I mean, I can't wait to you know have that one day with my uh, young Eagles fans. They have to look. I'll tell you this. When I have kids, they're not going to be forced to be Eagles fans, although it'll be heavily influenced in their life. But they're not allowed. They can like anybody. You just can't like the Cowboys, the Giants, or Washington. That's it. The NFC East is off limits outside of the Birds. But outside of that, they can uh, they can watch whatever they want. But I was thinking about that. Like, kids nowadays... And that makes me feel really old that I just said that. But like, kid, football fans, young football fans now, will, will never get to experience some of the weird things that we had to go through. And again, I'm still a young fan, so I didn't have to go through what a lot of the even older football fans did. But like, they're never going to experience that. I remember when the Eagles would play on Sunday Night Football. I don't know if they'll ever experience what it's like to go to bed at halftime. Right, like I had to be in bed by 9:30, let's say, and the game would start at 8:20. So I get to see the first half, and you go to bed not knowing if your team won, especially if the game was close. I I would dream about the result over and over again. Like if the Eagles won, I dream about them winning or losing, and then you have to wake up for school to watch Chris Berman intensely take you through the finish during those blitz highlights with Tom Jackson, with uh with this intense music. If you guys remember this, I mean this is vintage stuff. <laughs> I mean, remember that? I mean, the nerves you would get not knowing if they won the game, and you would have to wake up, and the bus is coming. And it wasn't like now where you could go on your phone on YouTube and instantly get the highlights. You had to wait for the segment before the bus came. (laughs) So things like that I really do miss, and you'll never know. Uh, what it's like to sit in front of a game cast for four hours. I remember growing up in Buffalo and not having direct TV. We didn't have Sunday ticket and there weren't the consistent streaming sites there are now. And I didn't even have a computer until high school. Um, and even when I did like illegals, even illegal streaming sites weren't what they are now. There weren't as many as there are now. And I just remember I'd have to sit, I would go on NFL.com and I'd click on the Eagles game cast and I would literally just sit in front of a screen that gave me a play by play. So, uh, traditions, man. I I love it, and I can't wait to get back to that and create new traditions on Sunday uh, when the Eagles take on Washington. And, you know, that made me think I've been reminiscing. I'm a very nostalgic football fan. It started to get me uh, thinking about this past decade because the Eagles are entering a new decade of their franchise's history the 2010s are are over and i was talking with gino yesterday about season openers and how they've kind of struggled through some they've had some nice uh big time blowout wins some uneasy wins some ugly losses and so now that the decade of the 2010s those season openers it's over that book is closed I thought today would be fun if we rank the 2010 season openers, 1 through 10. So that's what we're going to do in segments 2 and 3 coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Today's Lockdown Eagles is sponsored by rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com today to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Make sure you write down and locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast
0: All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. All right, let's continue to uh, reminisce here. Let's get nostalgic with the Philadelphia Eagles. The 2010s are over. Sunday starts a new decade of Eagles football. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about some past week ones. Let's talk about some of the most recent, the last 10 season openers for the birds and i want to rank them one through ten because there's been some really fun blowout wins there's been some wild close finishes some ugly ass losses so let's go one through ten we'll go one through five here to start in segment one of the 2010s, what is the best season opener? And this is, again, my personal preference. Again, I would love to see what your list is. Hit us up on Twitter at Lockdown Birds or at DBSC You can always email us as well, uh, Lockdown Eagles Podcast at gmail.com. Number one, I have, and this might be a surprise 2016, the Eagles win at Lincoln Financial Field against the Cleveland Browns. Carson Wentz's first game of his career with the Eagles. It was the start of what we have now. What I think is the golden era of Eagles football. The Eagles saying, we're done settling for wild card losses. We're done rolling through the likes of Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford. And as much as I love Nick Foles, Nick Foles and Michael Vick and Vince Young. We're done with that kind of stopgap quarterback. We're going to invest. We're going to trade up for a top two quarterback, a franchise guy. And we're going to get our new version of Donovan McNabb. And that's what Carson Wentz has been, if not better. And oh man, did it start off fast. I remember just the first play, the excitement of him just running on the football field because we didn't know if we were going to have that because Sam Bradford, remember he was traded eight days before the season started. So we thought it was going to be Bradford and if not Bradford, Chase Daniels. Then Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. Bradford gets shipped over to Minnesota for a first round pick and boom, the Carson Wentz era starts and oh man, did start hot. A couple nice play action passes to Brent Selleck, to Zach Ertz. And then just an absolute dime in the left corner of the end zone. A touchdown on his first drive to Jordan Matthews. I mean, you could not... And I love that feeling in 2016, that season opener, because there were no expectations. We weren't trying to win a Super Bowl that year. They weren't trying to be one of the best teams in the NFL. So you were playing with house money. All you cared about was the development, the growth of Carson Wentz. All you wanted to see was Carson Wentz make big plays, and there were a ton... In that first game against Cleveland, not just that first dime of a touchdown to Jordan Matthews, but that amazing back shoulder throw to Zach Ertz, who picks it off uh, one hand through the air. Incredible. Draped over, uh, I think, Jordan Poyer. That other deep touchdown down the right sideline to Nelson Aguilar. I mean, that was such a fun, refreshing season opener with a brand new quarterback and a brand new head coach in Doug Peters. So that's number one, I think, is the 2016 season opener against... The Cleveland Browns Carson Wentz's first game and what was awesome too is they were rubbing it in man like the Cleveland Browns had traded out of that second overall pick they didn't think Carson Wentz was a top 20 quarterback they didn't think he'd ever be a top 20 quarterback in the NFL and then Wentz just rains touchdowns on them his first ever game just an incredible start to this new era of Eagles football so I think 2016 is number one that's I had the most fun uh, with that game number two Actually, 2018, Super Bowl Thursday, the Eagles against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the banner is raised, even though there was a monsoon basically that day that uh, had the celebration delayed and uh, cut short for sure. It wasn't what it was going to be. That game, and it wasn't an incredible one, but it's just what that game symbolized. I had always dreamed of having the Eagles open the NFL season as champs, and they got to do that. And the cool part, too, was that, not that we wanted Carson Wentz injured, but it was kind of fun to have Nick Foles be on the field for that first game. To see the banner raised, to you know have a rematch against the Atlanta Falcons where it all started, that magical run in the playoffs in the divisional realm with that goal-line stand, and it was kind of a nice tribute to the 2017 Super Bowl champion team with the way they won that game against Atlanta. It was an identical finish, a goal-line stand as time expires. Ronald Darby stops Julio Jones on fourth and goal in the left corner of the end zone, just like Jalen Mills did in the playoffs the year before in the right corner. I mean, you can't script that better. It's incredible some of the movie-like finishes and scenarios the Eagles have found themselves in the past couple years. And, of course, how can you... You know, look, the offense didn't really move the chains a whole lot. Nick Foles really struggled... You know, they didn't have Alshon Jeffrey in that football game. There was a lot of injuries. But you had the Philly Philly in there, too, to kind of, again, tribute that Super Bowl team. Corey Clement takes the direct snap. Um, He then, or did Nick Foles take the snap and hand it off to Clement? Maybe that was the case, yeah. And then Clement pitched it to Nelson Aguilar. Nick Foles rolls out on a wheel route down the right sideline. Aguilar puts it on the money. Nick Foles catches the ball again and moves the chains, and that was a huge play because the offense couldn't get anything going, and that play kind of sparked that win in the second half. Jay Ajayi scores a couple big touchdowns, and uh, they win that game. That was just a a special, special start uh, to the 2018 season. I would say that was the number two uh, season opener of the 2010s. Number three. 2013, Monday Night Football, Chip Kelly and the Eagles offense of Michael Vick, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, they run Washington out of D.C. They run them out of the building. And I literally mean run them out of the building. The speed that that offense moved with. That no huddle. I mean, you thought to yourself, and of course it didn't work out this way, but seeing the explosiveness, the space that Vic and Jackson and McCoy had with how fast-paced and seeing Washington's defense just gasping for air, just scrambling every single play, not knowing what to do. I remember telling myself, Chip Kelly might have just changed the NFL, and it spoiled RG3's week one return. Remember all the ads throughout the offseason, just the, the clown show of all in for week one. It was all about Washington through that offseason. Philadelphia had Really, no expectations. There were times people thought Dennis Dixon might be the starter. They were, I think, the fourth uh, favorite to win the East. They were dead last, I think, by most projections. And Washington was coming off an NFC East title, and the Eagles just blow them out of the building. And it was kind of nice. It was like Michael Vick's last you know, big moment with the Eagles. So number three, I think, 2013, although we're all salty about Chip Kelly now and it's justified, that was as fun of a debut as you can get for a head coach. Uh, with that team. Alright, number four. Last year, 2019, the Eagles against the Washington football team, Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson take over the game. And maybe this one's more personal for me because I was dev- Deshaun Jackson was my favorite player growing up, devastated when Chip Kelly released him in 2014 you guys heard me on the podcast i called for a reunion every year and for you guys that know me even before Locked On eagles on twitter every single year there was a possibility that deshaun could come back home i was all in and so the fact that it finally happened i thought it could happen in 2017 maybe 2018 there were rumors they could trade from at the deadline instead of golden tate the fact that it finally happened in the 2019 offseason just a dream come true you know for the kid in me and uh, there was so much anticipation for his return to the link in Midnight Green, and because he was kicking the Eagles' ass in Washington and Tampa Bay for so long. He was the Eagle killer after they released him. He was destroying the likes of Bradley Fletcher, Kerry Williams, Byron Maxwell, Jalen Mills. The fact that he was finally back tormenting Washington again like the old times, like in 2013... 2008 to 2013, he finished with over 150 yards and two deep touchdowns. He broke Jerry Rice's record for 60 plus yard touchdowns throughout his career, the most in NFL history. And that was such an awesome game. And I know they started off slow. What were they down? 17 uh, nothing. And then, but Jackson led them back with those two huge touchdowns. And we all said that offseason, we thought the 2019 offense in the roster in general was maybe better than 2017. And it looked like that in the second half when they finally took over. It just You saw a switch, a Golden Warriors in the third quarter, if you will, like switch, where they just said, never mind, we're way better than this team, we woke up, and the offense just took over. Everybody was making plays. Not just those two big touchdowns to Deshaun, where you think to yourself, wow, Wentz finally has that, that deep threat he's been looking for for so long. Not just that, but that dime to Alshon Jeffrey in the uh, right corner of the end zone where Wentz evades the pass rush and just puts it perfectly right under the Washington linebacker. I forget who it was, maybe John Bostick. And Alshon makes the play. Dallas Goddard was making plays. Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders. It was just that moment you're like, oh my god, yeah, this offense, whenever they want to score, they might be able to do it. And then, of course, injuries derail that. But for one game, we had that magical connection of Wentz and Jackson and just such a complete offense again, that they really didn't have for a long time before that. And again, that's why I can't wait for Sundays just to see that connection between Wentz and Jackson return. And it's once again, against Washington. All right, one more before we take a break. Number five in the top 10 season openers for the Eagles in the 2010s. Number five is 2017. Once again, against Washington, the Eagles always play DC. I mean, on this list, of uh, of five, three of them were against Washington, and you have a fourth this Sunday coming up. Wentz looked like a different quarterback in that season opener, right? He had a it was a very hot start to his rookie year in 2016, then a slump at the tail end of the year, but then he got hot again the last couple weeks against New York, Washington, Dallas, and then at training camp you heard the rumors that he looked so improved with his mechanics. With the new weapons, right? You had Alshon Jeffrey added, Torrey Smith added. You saw it in the preseason. Wentz just looked like a different player in year two, and then you see it on the field in the regular season against Washington. It really all starts with that big touchdown to Nelson Aguilar, where Wentz evades like five different should-be sacks and just hurls up the ball 40, 50 yards down the field to Nelson Aguilar, who breaks a tackle and scores a touchdown. And that's when you thought to yourself. And it was also, too, because for the longest time, the Eagles could not beat Washington. When they finally did that, and it was through Wentz just looking like what would eventually be the MVP of the season or the lead MVP before he got hurt, that was a special day. All right, let's hit a quick break, and then we'll get the bottom five season openers for the Eagles in the 2010s. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Alright, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you could hopefully leave us a five-star rate and a review. It's how we grow the show and continue to turn out more Eagles podcasts during the season, in the off-season, in the dead zone of the off-season in the summer, than any other Eagles podcast that you can find. Right now we're ranking the top ten season openers. Of the 2010s, number one, I had the 2016 win against Cleveland. Carson Wentz's first game of the year. 2018, Super Bowl Thursday against Atlanta comes in at number two. Chip Kelly runs Washington out of D.C. in 2013 at number three. And number four the Wentz Deshaun Jackson takeover last year 2019 at number 4 and number 5 Wentz looks like a different quarterback in year 2 with a big win against Washington in the 2017 Super Bowl season. Let's get in now to the bottom 5 6 through 10. Number 6 here, surprisingly, yes, there is three other wins still to get into, but I'm going to put a loss at number 6, 2010. Kelly Green return, Michael Vick return, yeah, they lose to the Green Bay Packers, who eventually go on to win the Super Bowl and uh, beat the Eagles in the wildcard round that year. So yeah, there, there, are, there are other wins, but all the other wins in the 2010s in these season openers were like really big-time struggles against bad teams, and you left the game not really feeling that great about the team. Whereas in 2010, yeah, they lost that game, and they lost their starting quarterback Kevin Cobb to an injury. But you had the Kelly Green jerseys to uh, celebrate the 1960 uh, NFL champion Philadelphia Eagles team. So you were celebrating that. The jerseys looked beautiful. They are maybe the best-looking jerseys I've ever seen in sports. I mean, just incredible. And then to have like Atlanta Falcons' Michael Vick return to the field and nearly bring that team back in the second half, even though they lost, it was one of those losses where you felt pretty good about it. And it was because of the excitement that number seven brought back to that offense, and because again the the other options right now aren't great. At number seven, it's the 2011 dream team when um, they get off on the right foot. That's really it, though. They end up, what, losing the next four games. But they get the first win um, in St. Louis against Sam Bradford and the Rams. Kind of a scary start. Remember that huge uh, run by Steven Jackson? But then Michael Vick takes over. Deshaun Jackson has over 100 yards and a touchdown in that game. Lashawn McCoy starts dominating in what would have been one of his best years of his career in that 2011 season. And while, yeah, it didn't go well, any time after that during that 2011 season they entered the year i think as super bowl favorites maybe even over green bay maybe not over green bay but it was the packers and the eagles everybody was taking to win the championship so you have that much hype coming into the season and then you get a win you know you start off on the right foot at 1 and 0 that felt pretty good so i would put the dream team gets off to a 1 and 0 start in 2011 at number 7 at number 8 the 2014 win at the link against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars—they wore all white because remember the uh, the NFL had switched to from Adidas making the jerseys to Nike, and Nike didn't have the Midnight Green color ready yet. So for the first half of the year in 2014, the Eagles wore all white, and this one was another one of those rocky starts against a bad team, kind of like last year in 2019, 2011 against St. Louis, uh, 2012, which we're going to get into next against Cleveland, where they're down 17 nothing in the first half against Chad Henney and the Jaguars, but then Much like a lot of these season openers, the floodgates open in the second half and you had some fun, huge plays by the offense. Nick Foles hits Jerry Macklin on a big touchdown. Macklin's first game back after missing the entire 2013 season. And I was nervous because that was the first game without Deshaun Jackson on that offense. And you thought, what are they going to do without that deep threat? But Macklin looked like that deep threat week one. And he went on to, that was the start of his The best year of Macklin's career, having over 1,300 receiving yards that season. Darren Sproles' debut with the Birds, a huge 49-yard touchdown run. The 2014 win against Jacksonville falls in here at number eight, and then rounding out number nine and number ten. Number nine, the last win you have, 2012 against the Cleveland Browns, the "quote unquote" redeem team that went 4 and 12 and redeemed absolutely uh, absolutely nothing. Michael Vick in this game, four interceptions. Brandon Whedon for the Browns, four interceptions. It was a shit show. I mean, this game was ridiculous. But the Eagles, it's a wild, fun finish. The Eagles win the game. Vick drives the team down the field. He hits Clay Harbor, who is now a uh, member of the Bachelor community bachelor in paradise contestant clay harbor he hits him uh the right side of the end zone for a game-winning touchdown they win 17 to 16 that touchdown was with only a minute left so kind of a fun finish but you could tell throughout that season they started what three and one but the offensive line was terrible without jason peters michael vick was turning over the football a lot you're like this can't last and it didn't they lose what their next nine games but uh that that win comes in here at number nine and then number 10 2015 Monday Night Football in Atlanta against the Falcons Chip Kelly's new look team Sam Bradford starting DeMarco Murray uh Miles Austin Nelson Aguilar Ryan Matthews Kiko Alonzo Byron Maxwell and look it it took me all offseason especially after not getting Marcus Mariota I didn't really believe in that team and what they were, what Chip was doing throughout the offseason, but the preseason hype and seeing how good they were in the preseason, it finally did get me on board a little bit. But then instantly when they hit the field in Atlanta, even though it was a close game, you could see the limitations in that team. No longer did they look anything like the fast athletic team of the last four years before that. Without McCoy, without Macklin, without Jackson, without Michael Vick, or heck, even Nick Foles pushing the ball down the field because Sam Bradford, that game, took no risks. He couldn't move inside the pocket. You could see what a statue he was. You could just feel the limitations. DeMarco Murray, yeah, he scored two touchdowns, but he was a plodding running back that couldn't get anything going. I I think he had... He was averaging under two yards a carry in that game. It was abysmal. Yeah, Kiko Alonso had that big one-handed uh, interception in the back of the end zone. But then your, your big ticket free agent, Byron Maxwell, who's supposed to be your CB1, who's trying to avenge the uh, bad signing of Namdi Asimov a couple years before, looks just like Namdi and gets roasted all day long by Julio Jones. So you instantly could tell, and that's what happened that year, That team wasn't going anywhere with the new moves that Chip Kelly made on both sides of the ball. And I still hate thinking about that season and that game. And uh, that falls in at number 10. All right, Eagles fans, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked Eagles. I hope you uh, enjoyed this, I would say, unique, uh, fun edition of the episode. I had a lot of fun putting this one together, so I hope you guys enjoyed listening. I want to hear your list of the uh, top 10 season openers for the Eagles in the 2010s. Hit us up on Twitter, at LockdownBirds or at DBIASILOE. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Wednesday. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go, Birds. You are Locked On Eagles.